0: Welcome to Podland, the last word in podcasting news. It's the 10th of March,
1: 2022. I'm James Cridland, the editor of podnews.net. And I'm Sam Sethi, the MD of River Radio. Hi, I'm James Boggs. And I'm Andy Bowers. And soon we're going to be talking about our new product for audio creators called Spooler.
0: They will. Podland is sponsored by Buzzsprout, podcast hosting made easy. Last week, 3,920 people started hosting with Buzzsprout, and you can too at buzzsprout.com. And if you can use chapters in your podcast app,
2: then Buzzsprout supports those. And so do we. James, so let's kick off the news. Quite exciting, really. Um, Last week, we talked about Spooler's dynamic real-time audio publishing system. And a friend of the show, John Spurlock, did some analysis. On its first day, Spooler helped the show that it's been producing, the, the refresh from Insider, to produce five editions of their podcast. Okay, let's take a step back, James. First of all, what is Spooler? and um, what have they been doing with it?
0: Who better to answer that than not me, but the founders of uh, Spooler. We spoke to James O. Boggs and Andy Bowers, and I asked
1: Andy, what is Spooler? Spooler is a publishing tool for audio content creators. It takes something that's been around for a while, which is the stitching technology that allows publishers to to automatically insert ads into their podcasts and gives the creators that tool to actually make content with. And this is something I've been dreaming about since I worked at and co-founded Megaphone, which is a big... uh, Podcast hosting company. We were early into the um, dynamic ad insertion game, and I always wanted to get my hands on that tool because I was a longtime content creator. So Spooler is, in short, a way to do that—to stitch content together in ways that can make new and interesting sorts of programming.
0: So uh, James, who is this product aimed at? It's not for every single podcaster, is it? Um, So I'm, I'm, I'm guessing it's aimed particularly at news. Broad, uh, news podcast would that be about yeah
3: right? i think that's that's right where our first target market is as we describe it a high tempo newsrooms and really enabling those uh, audio creators in those newsrooms and specifically the editors to deliver that real-time audio as we call it um, the best of you know the the freshness of live radio but in the on-demand package that we all love from podcasts
0: Andy, the, uh, w- one of the
1: clever things about this is that it works on, on all podcast apps. Is that right? It does. We can uh, put out a normal RSS feed with a single MP3 in the RSS feed as you would with any other podcast. But what's happening on our end is the moment you hit publish, it's taking a playlist of stories that you've put together and stitching them into one MP3. And then you can update it again Two minutes later, if news breaks, and you know we're we're coaxing the podcast apps to update quickly enough that that's meaningful, they've done a pretty good job. Uh, They do it usually within a couple of minutes. So, yeah, you can publish it like a normal podcast, but we're also publishing it other places where we think it's going to be an even better experience. For instance, on Insider.com itself, um, we have the player that James and his team designed, which allows you to scroll through all the stories that are in the news brief or the newscast, see which ones you're interested in. You can click on them and skip to them before long, we hope that it'll automatically be able to tell if you've already heard a story and skip over that one.
0: Uh, Andy, you, you you were saying that you coax uh, some of the podcast directories to update uh, very, very quickly. Um, and uh, that, that's that been a bit of an issue uh, for some podcast directories over the last uh, couple of years, is actually updating stuff really nice and uh, fast. Using um, uh, and this question is for either of you, are you using any technologies like WebSub or PodPing to really push those updates uh, through? Or is that something that you're just sort of hoping that that the RSS uh, ends up um,
3: ends up getting uh, pinged, uh, James? Yeah, we, we've actually um, uh, been using the, the standard uh, podcast distribution without PodPing, although we're leaning into some of the Podcast 2.0 specs. And uh, I think PodPing is really a great... Uh, industry-wide feature for podcasting to kind of flip the script and be able to tell a platform when there's new content available, as opposed to waiting for a bot to index the the feeds on a regular basis. But in the case of the refresh, we've um, we've had great success, as Andy mentioned, with uh, kind of the the standard approach to indexing the the RSS feed, and been really pleased to see that. So many of the uh, latency issues historically with indexing slowness have been made better over time. We've been, as you can imagine, keeping a bit of a track record on uh, different update speeds and have been pleased with the result. And so between the, the direct availability of the content on the embedded web player and the RSS, it's a pretty timely update in terms of kind of competition this is this is a
0: new product isn't it this is a I, I love the way that you have called it a live podcast in some of your PR it, it's a brand new product and I'm wondering who it's up against are you up against those daily podcasts that only change once a day or are you competing against uh, radios top of our newscasts what which are you competing against
1: I think uh, a little of both and and neither in a way what What I think our discussion about the slowness of podcast apps in the past shows us is what a big hole there has been for timely content in the podcast ecosystem altogether. This was a niche we were trying to fill. I love daily newsy podcasts. I listen to many of them. They are literally yesterday's news in many cases, and that's okay because they're doing news analysis, really thoughtful stories, helping you think about things that are much bigger than one moment in time. But just this morning, there were all sorts of breaking stories on Ukraine, and there will be for the foreseeable future. And that's something that deserves a place in on-demand audio as well. That's what we think we're competing against, which is, I mean, there there are a few places doing timely-ish updates, but ours, we can publish within seconds uh, when something happens, if we're ready for it.
0: And in terms of uh, staffing, if I'm a radio station, I've obviously got an awful lot of journalists and, um, you know, and I'm producing stuff live all all the time. Is this kind of middle ground between somebody that is producing one 20-minute show a day and somebody who is, you know, staffing a twenty-four hour news news uh, news organization—is it kind of a uh, a new middle ground for a a media company like
3: that? I think that's that's accurate, and a, a space we're trying to deliver this new capability. So hopefully, this is a a value add for existing teams that are. Throwing off a massive daily content on the one hand that could uh, realize further value out of existing segments and story audio, as well as a new capability for folks that, um, you know, want to deliver more timely daily content. We're coming at it from the once a day side. Cool. Um, And uh,
0: Andy, you were talking about uh, uh, initially you're aimed at uh, at, uh, larger newsrooms and things. Where is Spooler going to be uh, looking at next in terms of uh, customers using your uh, new tool? Well,
1: We don't only think it's applicable for them. We think that's the first and most obvious use case. But I want to see individuals or small teams using this. Anyone who has an interest in getting out timely information or changing information right now when you put out a podcast episode it's kind of frozen in amber forever but um i I started a show in 2005 called the slate political gab fest and um you know i we produced it on thursday evenings and it would come out friday mornings and i would wake up every friday morning wondering what had uh, been knocked out by the news if we could have had a, a live news segment in there that would talk about it it would have made me as a listener feel more comfortable feel like uh, i am someone is watching what's going on in the world for me and will tell me right now you don't have that guarantee so i think people who are following s- smaller more specific industries or uh, even hobbies or whatever, there there is a use case for them to use, uh, you know, a more consumer version of something like this. Really cool.
0: Well, both uh, – uh, oh, yeah, I do have one last question. James, what's it like signing your own uh, expenses again?
3: <laughs> I had an amazing uh, time at uh, Apple over 17 and a half years, and to return to small business has been a really um, fantastic and exciting adventure. Uh, the The culture at Apple was so remarkable, and I had such a learning experience there. it's fun to apply some of those learnings to uh, a small small company.
0: Let's just take a quick break.
2: Welcome to High Street Matters, a regular podcast from Byra, the British Independent Retailers Association. My name's Steve Dyson, and I'm a journalist who's interviewing top business owners and experts here at Byra about issues which impact independent retailers today. We'll be talking to a cross-section of our members from around the UK, from single retail outlets to small chains, and from large department stores to leisure and hospitality. We plan to provide top tips to help businesses stay ahead of the retail curve. High Street Matters. Thanks for listening.
0: wow, your media training, (laughs) most (laughs) impressive. Uh, Andy and James, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate it. Thank
1: you, James. Thanks, James.
0: I love uh, James's last uh, answer there. He's, he's uh, clearly been asked about Apple an awful lot and just turning around and saying, <laughs> around and saying yes, I had a lovely time at Apple and now it's his time for <laughs> You can clearly see that he was reading that from somewhere. Really good interview, though. So, uh, yeah, really enjoyed it. Yeah, he hasn't unplugged from the Borg
2: yet, has he? He hasn't.
0: <laughs> no, you're absolutely right.
2: So w- what's your thoughts on Spoolo, given now that you've had a little chance to look at it, you've looked looked at the refresh on the website and we've spoken to you know the two of the founders what are your thoughts James yeah i think it's really
0: cool i think it's very very smart i think the one thing that i am waiting for which they did say was coming soon was the idea that you would um, be able to only hear the bits that you haven't heard. So if you went back to the refresh, maybe you listened at six o'clock in the morning and then you went back to to the refresh at uh, 11 o'clock, maybe you only get to hear the new bits of audio in there. That would make it a bit more like a radio experience. And I think if that was possible, then maybe that's something that this podcast could do. Instead of recording in one chunk, on a uh, Thursday, we end up uh, recording and putting in interviews, you know, as we go through the week. And whenever you want to download it, you still get a full weekly podcast, but it just depends on which bits you end up hearing. Um, So I think that, you know, there's um, clearly stuff still to be done. But uh, I've been talking about this sort of, uh, I call it Lego bricking, but this sort of idea of... um, You know, different bits of um, audio um, stuck together in different ways through the day. And it's really interesting seeing that there's a company already doing that.
2: Yeah, um, I I want to say that I would use that on the radio as well. I could see newsrooms certainly using that throughout the day because if you listen to a radio station all day long, the news doesn't really change that much. I know we're in the 24 hour cycle of news, but. Fundamentally, most of the news throughout certainly a breakfast show or a drive time show will will be fairly static and just repetitive, but it will change from the morning to the evening. It could be a great tool for the newsrooms.
0: Yeah, I think it could. I think, you know, the question is how much they're going to essentially rebuild a radio play-out system like, uh, you know, RCS Master Control or that sort of thing or Zeta as it is now. Um, so, uh, you know, how much, of, uh, how much rebuilding of a playout system they're going to make um but we you know one of the things you know we we both had a look uh, into the uh, system didn't we into the content management system and there's some mm-hmm. very clever stuff going on of um being able to take a music bed produce that into a loop have that loop going underneath other bits of audio that you've put in which is one of the reasons why you can't hear very many edits in the refresh um you know so i think that they were doing some very very clever things but um Yeah, very, very early days, I think, in terms of how it could be used. And also, it does completely change how you make audio. Because instead of making something which is designed to be consumed in one chunk, as we do with this podcast, you're essentially making individual bits of audio, which, you know, I mean, I know from recording pod news every day, it's quite difficult to keep with the same energy level, keep with a consistent energy level and a a consistent tone of voice um, uh, when I'm recording that. So, you know, what, what happens if you're recording little bits of stories throughout a typical working day? I don't know, but really interesting. I mean, a great, a great first step, I think.
2: The only thing that's going through my head when you talked about, you know, having a fundamentally a refresh of the news throughout the day is how would I know, I wouldn't want to just keep going back to the same podcast, going, oh, anything new, anything new, should I I check? So I wonder if it's going to have any notification system that will alert me to an update.
0: Well, it was certainly interesting hearing them talking about, you know, we're looking at the podcasting 2.0 spec and all of that. So interesting hearing them talking about that side. I think, again, what I would like is I would like a 20-minute news update. And I would like to be able to listen to that whenever I want to and know that it was relatively up to date. And I think what um, we have at the moment is, you know, as Andy put it, you know, when you're listening to a typical news podcast, you're listening to to yesterday's news. I think what would be nice is to have some smarts in there that basically go, okay, ah, this is James coming in. The last time he listened to this podcast was at this time. Here are the new bits. And just give me the new bits or or remind me of what the main story is. But that's about as far as it goes. Mm. And I think, you know, those smarts are something that don't exist yet in the platform, but I'm sure that they will in the future. And to me, that becomes very exciting. But, of course, you can't necessarily do that with every single podcast um, app. So, uh, you know, the, so you, you win some and you lose some there. Um, but for me, I mean, you know, I, I used to always say if you listen to a radio station, which is a non stop news radio station like 1010 Wins in New York or like LBC News in the UK, that has a 20 minute broadcast clock. So every 20 minutes they sort of reset and they broadcast the news and everything else. And one of the things that I said when LBC News launched is why don't they start the stream? at the top of the 20 minute news clock so that whenever you start listening to the stream you're hearing the beginning of the news bulletin the most important um uh, story instead you just are uh, thrown into that stream wherever they happen to be in the hour but surely that ends up being a much more you know engaging experience so even doing something like that is fun but i think what you could do with spooler is so much more interesting so um you know all all power to them. And I I should also say, really nice interviewing two people who are in the podcast industry, who both connected using decent uh, headphones, decent microphones, you know, and it was a proper experience rather than too many people who you contact who are, you know, in the podcast industry who think that we're going to be happy with just a laptop microphone. It's it's fine. But, uh, you know, um, I think it does say something if you end up, um, you know, connecting to a podcast company and they're using proper uh, you know podcast gear exactly
2: now uh, another use case that i gave james and andy that i might use is to do voiceover tracking which is to reverse it which is to have all the tracks being music and then small voiceovering Um, seems amazon like the idea of getting into radio as well now uh, the second story that we wanted to talk about was amazon has released amp a live radio app, seems their version of Clubhouse or Twitter Spaces. James, have you used or what do you think of AMP?
0: Yeah, I've not used it because it's available in the US for iOS users only, and you have to be in a waitlist. I'm told that a code that works is Twitter, by the way, if you want to get past the waitlist. But anyway, so obviously I haven't been able to play with it. My suspicion is because they have needed to license the music separately for this product, my suspicion is it's going to remain US only for a long, long time because um, it's just a whole new world to start getting... Uh, global licenses for that sort of thing. But you can take uh, callers too. There's a dreadful piece of audio in their promo video. Where uh, one of the uh, one of the fake presenters, who's clearly a voiceover artist, is um, saying hello to all of the callers. Okay, callers, and you're there thinking you know nothing about radio and <laughs> and talking to one person, do you? But anyway, um, so you can do that sort of thing. You don't have to use music. You can use a tool for a clubhouse-like experience as well. So Guy Raz is doing a show for it alongside Nicki Minaj. Um, but uh, you know, it it's Really interesting. And I think most uh, fascinatingly, it got an awful lot of push yesterday on social media. Lots of people. I mean, even Dave Weiner was uh, tweeting about it and saying how exciting it was. Um, So I think that there's um, definitely something there, but I haven't heard any shows on it um, because presumably those shows are only available within the app and so therefore will be US only, iOS users only. So I haven't actually heard what it's like, and I don't know whether actually, you know, can you talk over intros? Can you be a proper radio DJ? Or is it much the same as the Spotify anchor, you know, um, uh, stuff? I don't know. But uh, interesting to uh, find out and understand how these things
2: work. Yeah, I heard some of the restrictions that you have So you're not allowed to play uh, the same artist three times in a show. Right. Um, You can preload certain things, but again, there are restrictions on it. And um, there's only up to a maximum of five guests allowed uh, in the chat. Gosh. So there is a limitation on... And you can see that on the... User graphics, if you mm. go to the website, they only show five circles, so um, yeah you, you, you haven 't got a massive I guess what you're saying is you can queue up five people and drop in and drop out people um, maybe that 's a way of doing it right,
0: yeah yeah, yeah, so you can have many, many more people having a listen um, but uh, yeah, yeah, interesting what you say about those uh, the restrictions in terms of um, the amount of um, artists. Uh, output that you can uh, play on there, um, that will be driven by the music licensing. Um, and there's specific music licensing for broadcast radio as well, you know, which uh, has a very similar thing there. So um, so that will be one of the reasons why, you know, it is US only. And, you know, I'm fascinated to learn whether or not you can record this stuff, uh, whether or not you're actually recording the output or whether or not you're doing something else with it. Um, and all of that uh, uh you know i'm fascinated with all of this but uh yeah it's um um it's it's certainly getting into this space but getting into it properly which is something arguably that they didn't do with their podcast app uh so it's nice to see them doing with this particular social um media network well
2: that's a question james that i couldn't get my head around cuz apple uh doesn't have really a social media network um, and is Amazon, um, Spotify does in some ways. You know, I can uh, use my Facebook social graph within Spotify, and I can see down the sideline mm. who's playing what. Um, Amazon have this uh, announcement that says I can f- I can follow shows. I wonder if I follow a person first. So if you were doing I don't know Amazon Music, do I follow James Cridland? to find his shows or do I find the name of your show somehow but if I don't know the name of your show but you haven't publicized it how will I know to follow it
0: well yeah exactly I, I did see a few people sharing their show on Twitter and giving a code that you could use to get in um and so oh, perhaps okay. that's one of the ways of doing that uh, one of the things that um you know uh that it is doing is it's doing alerts it's alerting your followers that you're going live soon um which of course clubhouse does and uh, twitter spaces does as well but um you know so you would kind of kind of expect that but that's uh one of the things that the amp um app does but it looks it looks really cool and really smart so it's um very impressive that uh, amazon have plucked this out of the air and um and have launched it this week.
2: Will it suffer from the hype cycle? I mean, everybody wants to be a DJ, you know, that's that's been, you know, every boy and girl's dream, I think, one of those things to be on the radio. But remember when Green Room came out and there was a hiatus of everyone going to it, and then Clubhouse, um, do you think people will try and record podcasts through it? Is that going to be something eventually that they'll do
0: i mean i'm sure that it's something that they will have a look at whether or not it suffers from a little bit of hype i'm sure it will and that i think is why they have signed up quite a few people to do um to do shows on the platform as well Um, because i think that is going to be what makes or breaks this if it has some really good content that you want to have a listen to as well as your mates you know, uh, playing as radio DJs, then I think that would be a, you know, that would be a good, a good plan. So, you know, all sorts of, um, uh, you know, both well-known personalities and popular radio hosts like Zach Sang, Kate, uh, Kat Corbett, Christian James Hand, never heard of any of these people, and Guy Raz, um, But also a bunch of musicians as well. So if you are a fan of Nicki Minaj, or you are a fan of L- Lindsey Stirling, or Travis Barker, no idea, or Lil Yachty, I don't know, uh, then you'll find um, you know that there's some great content on there as well. Um, so I think that that's a canny move to actually get quite a few people signed up to producing content for this uh, service. And of course, you know, one shouldn't forget. Amazon has a very big environment, a very big footprint, and it can promote itself across all manner of other things from echoes to, you know, to uh, its uh, shopping uh, portal and everything else. So if it really wants to push it, then it can certainly do that. The one thing, though, that, that I'm curious to learn is what's the business model? Uh, nobody's talked about the business model for this. You end up being able to play songs. Well, those, the, the, you know, the, they'll they'll want paying for that. The record companies won't have done this for free. So what's the business model? Will there be ads in there? Who who
2: knows how these things work? Well, I assume you'd have to pay for your subscription. You wouldn't have the free version of, uh, of it. I mean, as an Amazon Prime user, you get a certain level, but then you have to pay for the higher level quality. Um, but I thought you said something really interesting. Actually, I hadn't thought about the output. It just doesn't have to be across the web. What if you were allowed to output across everyone's echoes? I mean, that would be quite an interesting um, model.
0: Well, yeah, absolutely. And the most popular thing for you to listen to on a smart speaker is the radio. And if you, instead of listening to the radio from, you know, the BBC or from, uh, or from iHeart, you ended up listening to the radio from Amp. Well, that's an interesting
2: an interesting move. So, yeah, worthwhile uh, keeping an eye on. Okay. Now, uh, moving on. You have long advocated for the use of YouTube for podcasting. Well, it seems that YouTube's heard your shout, James. Uh, it's now offering podcasters up to $50,000 to film their shows. And they're paying podcast networks up to $300,000. Uh, this is according to Bloomberg's Ashley Carmen. So why are YouTube doing this, James? Well, I think
0: that YouTube are very keen uh, to get involved
2: in podcasting
0: and they see that that is a great, you know, is a great thing. Um, I have to say, uh, Ashley Carmen's had a stunning first week working at Bloomberg. She's been, you know, um, breaking quite a few big uh, stories. Uh, So really good to see uh, that uh, she's uh, clearly settling in uh, in terms of that. By the way, she sent us a tweet she says uh because if you remember we said uh i'm not sure she wants to be a, a friend of this uh, show uh last last week and she <laughs> sent us a tweet and actually says i want to be a friend of the show thanks for the nice shout out on podland and would love to meet at podcast movement uh so there we are so uh, uh, so that's exciting isn't it we've got a listener sam <laughs> finally <laughs> After a year and a bit, we've got a listener. Um, but, yeah, so to come back to YouTube, yeah, I mean, her story was that, um, uh, you know, they're offering podcast networks up to $300,000 uh, in order for them to start promoting uh, this uh, kind of stuff. Maybe we'll find out at uh, Podcast Movement Evolutions. They have just announced that Kai Chuck, who is YouTube's director of podcasting, will be speaking there. And that's going to be the first public presentation from him since starting his current position at the end of last year. Uh, so maybe we'll find out uh, in a couple of weeks. But, um, you know, I think that YouTube is very big for discovery of podcasts, particularly there's a lot of data which seems to show that. Um, and so if there's more content on there, then obviously there's more stuff that YouTube can sell
2: advertising around. And we had a our second listener, James. We had an email this week from uh, Jay Lestrada, um, who was listening last week. and He said... I think there's a problem with the concept that YouTube is getting into podcasting. First of all, there's a significant difference between a creator who makes audio podcasts and a YouTube creator. Good podcasting does not have to have video. Good podcasting, like radio, is theatre of the mind. The best audio shows should never have video over them. Watching people make a podcast is mediocre TV at best. Thus, we're really talking about two separate mediums, podcasting and bad TV. And I can't say I disagree. Having recorded several people uh, who are well known doing the talking heads, two people sat side by side, recording a video and then putting that out on YouTube and then editing that for a podcast. It really is just bad TV.
0: Yeah, I would agree with some of that. And I think, you know, when I was working at the BBC back in 2007, 2008, we put TV cameras into Chris Moyles' studio. And one of the things that um, instantly ruined the show was the fact that Chris Moyles was then playing up to the cameras and doing things that only worked if you were watching it. And the point of a um, a radio show and of a podcast is is that you can consume it while you're doing other things. Um, I don't necessarily agree with Jay where he, where he says good podcasting does not have video and the best audio shows should never have video over them. I think that you can enhance a show with video, but I think it still remains an audio-first experience. So you can have audio-first with video, um, but as long as the video doesn't uh, take away from that experience, I think that's, um, you know, that's worthwhile. Um, Dave Jones also Sent us a boostergram. He said, "I have real questions about the YouTube survey numbers from Edison. Now, those are survey numbers that show that YouTube is uh, tremendously high in terms of um, in terms of podcast consumption." Uh, Dave goes on to say, "Unfortunately, I'm not smart enough to verbalize what those questions are." Rubbish. If normies think PewDiePie is a podcast, then that could be an issue. Well, uh, could, could it be an issue, or could it just be that actually the definition of podcast has uh, changed slightly in the last 15 years, away from uh, a piece of audio enclosed in an RSS feed to something which is on-demand audio first, which is um, what I think a podcast is, if you were to ask me. So, um, But I would certainly agree, you know, Dave, that at the end of the day, those Edison Research uh, surveys are asking people where they listen to podcasts. And if people... Turn around and say, "I've I've been having a listen on YouTube." Then that's what a podcast is, and we probably shouldn't be arguing with that. Uh, Kyrin also adds, he's, he sent us uh, 1,111 sats, which must be some form of numerology somewhere. But he says, uh, anecdotal, but I can provide my experience with podcasting on YouTube. Uh, the main takeaways for me is that it's very handy to send or post a particular link to a video that I wouldn't be able to do elsewhere. Makes a good point. You'll have more variation with things going viral and something just as good sitting dormant forever. And evergreen content like my book reviews he says tend to do better there um Kyren's put a lot of effort into uh youtube and i remember when i was on his uh mere mortals uh, podcast um he ended up uh, filming it in the south bank of uh, uh, of this fair city um and uh, yeah you know a lot a lot of hard work so really interesting to hear his um uh, his
2: information as well yeah i think youtube is going to become a dominant not a dominant platform i think youtube is going to become a more um channel that podcasters have to think about um we are going to see like for example headliner now does an auto post to youtube if you want it to um and we talked about other platforms last week uh focusing on youtube um I guess we'll hear from the guys at uh, YouTube at Podcast Movements, what their plans are. Maybe that's the big reveal.
0: Indeed, and of course, YouTube is in competition with uh, TikTok. And um, according to refonic at least podcasters are ignoring TikTok. Apparently, are you a big TikTok user, James? I, I, I've never, I've never opened it. Um, I did discover that oh, they've gosh. got a very good radio station here um, uh, on the on the DAB. It's called TikTok Trending um and uh, and actually it was a really good listen i was listening to it um uh for a couple of weeks while i ferried my daughter to school and back uh, home again because it seems relatively family friendly which is more than you can say about most things on the radio here um and they are hiring for someone to work in their podcast operation in Sydney. I'm not quite sure what their podcast operation is. The uh, job um, uh, ad doesn't go into too much detail there.
2: What, what do you think they might be getting into? Well, they've just announced that they've uh, extended the TikTok to allow you to use up to 10 minutes of video now, which oh great! I don't know. I think, yeah, exactly. I, I think that's going to sp- spoil the experience of, you know, Occasionally, when I'm making a cup of tea, I'll I'll get TikTok up and you flick through it, and and it's quite addictive. I mean, I have to say, you it literally is TikTok, TikTok, and there goes the hour if you're not careful, because um, the the algorithm is very very effective at dragging you back into what you've sort of indicated that you're interested in, and you just mm. get more and more dopamine hits. So I think that's quite. Um, a strong platform for, for certainly the Gen Z uh, age group and I think if they're going to 10 minutes, I'm trying to work out why they want to go to up to 10 minutes um, because obviously that means that they're going to go head to head with what YouTube but that YouTube goes way beyond that so yeah. Twitter, no I mean I'm, I'm not quite sure why 10 minutes I can't work that out but in terms of podcasting now i mean well yes you could put you know pod news on there every day if you want right uh, you're you're within that 10 minute limit i guess but mm. you know podland could never fit into that Mm -hmm. Um, It'd be a different demographic you'd be targeting, but um, you could do if you wanted to.
0: Yeah, I'm not quite sure what the plan is, but obviously they wish to, um, you know, focus a little bit more. I mean, maybe it's uh, for, you know, more for music videos and stuff like that. I don't know. Um, I mean, given also uh, that they're launching their own music marketing and distribution platform as well, which is called Sound On, which allows any artist to upload their music directly to TikTok. So, you know, clearly they're getting into that sort of um, uh, area as well.
2: Yeah, well, they've been very good at breaking new music. So if you look at the top of the US billboard, probably seven out of the 10 tracks on there were originally broken through TikTok. Mm. uh, And it seems to be a great discovery platform. And if that's where its its goal is being a discovery platform. You know, you said YouTube is a discovery platform. I can imagine putting an audiogram of this show or an audiogram of other shows straight onto TikTok if I've got a 10-minute limit, so I could put a three- or four-minute um, audiogram. You know, I, I guess it's just a another channel, if yeah. you're a podcaster, that you distribute your content to.
0: Yeah, and that's uh, what the details from uh, refonic were saying, that it's uh, really good to be able to promote uh, individual shows. Uh, it's got more than one billion users and um, it seems to be... Doing Well, you've written here um, in the Mm -hmm. script, Sam, you've written that they did $4 billion worth of advertising last Mm -hmm. year. So just to put that into context, that's at least five times bigger than the entire podcast industry. Well, if you look at it in terms of the US, it's probably at least two Mm -hmm. times bigger than the global podcast industry. Um, So TikTok is a pretty big thing. So, uh, yeah, interesting to see if they jump in in terms of podcasting. Um, Then we'll see what happens there.
2: And those figures, just so you know, are from our good friend Matt Deegan from The Media Show.
0: Well, there you go. If you're a fan of uh, The Media uh, podcast, then you should go and uh, take a listen with uh, Matt this week. It's uh, also got me on it. (laughs) Uh, So uh, there you go. Hooray! Hooray! Which was great fun to do and uh, particularly strange because... Uh, he was on a delay of about three seconds. So, you know, I would finish talking and then there'd be this sort of pause. And I would think, did Matt like that answer? Did Matt <laughs> not like that answer?
2: Was... Can I just say, never have James on your quiz team for, I'd say, celebrity trivia. Because, James, you didn't really do well there, did you? On the
0: on the media uh, podcast. Yeah, you
2: lost the quiz. 3-1.
0: Well, I did, but only because I, 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 I let the other person win. Ah, ah. (laughs) that's clearly it that's clearly how it works obviously
2: anyway uh let's move on um smart speakers yeah we were talking about you know uh amazon amp maybe being output to a smart speaker and it seems that podcasts now make up a quarter of all time listening on smart speakers according to Edison research share of ear study Uh, cumulus media and westwood one's audio active group has released its analysis on the latest data so James, look, you're somebody who has a podcast that is actively uh, using the Echo as a channel. What's your experience? Oh,
0: I mean, uh, podcasts on smart speakers. I think my experience is that uh, most of the time, it's a complete waste of time. Most of the time, people aren't listening to podcasts on, on uh, smart speakers. And I think there's a little bit of science behind that. 92% of people listen to podcasts alone. And a smart speaker is normally in a shared environment. It's normally in a front room. Or or in the kitchen or something like that, um, uh, and and you can also you know of course put aside the fact that um, podcasting um, you know the, the the user experience is not fantastic on a uh, on a smart speaker, um, so uh, typically that's what happens. Uh, Rajar did some research at the end of last year in the UK, and they said seventy two percent of um, audio. Uh, on a smart speaker was live radio. Twenty four percent was on demand music. Audiobooks was just two percent, and podcasting was one percent. Um, so it's very different, you know. Obviously, in terms of Edison. Having said that. Uh, Pod News itself does astonishingly well on smart speakers. And that's probably because Pod News is in the list. If you go into your Google Home app and you choose a news source, then Pod News is in that global list for technology news. And there are, I think, four people in there, and I'm one of them. And so I do tremendously well, you know, in that. That easily accounts for half of my downloads for pod news um, which is great and it's just people waking up in the morning and asking their speaker to play the latest news and if they've selected pod news then I appear every single morning so that does fantastically well but I think that that's a very niche thing and I think you know um, you wouldn't get no agenda being massive on a a smart speaker one would assume
2: yeah this reminds me of the uh Twitter in the day, where you had recommended uh, people to follow they don 't do that anymore, but you used to, or maybe they do i haven 't signed up to Twitter with a clean account anymore, but uh, you you get those recommended people to follow when you first yeah. start, yeah, and if you 're on that list, wow, your numbers just rock, it. yeah, yeah no indeed, yeah, and and you always used to be I
0: mean, I remember when I started working at Virgin Radio in two thousand and one. Um, Virgin was one of, I think, seven or eight stations globally um, as a preset on uh, Microsoft's Windows Media Player. And so whenever you opened Microsoft's Windows Media Player, the first thing that you saw, basically, was a link to listen to Virgin Radio. So we did astonishingly well. And as soon as that went away um then of course you know our, our online figures created um but that was uh that was a a, a tremendous thing for us to be there so uh, yeah really important to be on the defaults really important to end up being there
2: moving on um uh, how many podcasts use chapters james we do but how many others not that many
0: according to john spurlock he has done some research into chapters um uh, given that Apple Podcasts released some data not so long back um, talking about, you know, chapters are really good and here's, here's how to use them uh, two weeks before their ex-boss launches something which uses chapters. Funny that. Uh, anyway, um, uh, John uh, ended up doing a little bit of work and it is 1.22%. Of all episodes released last month, used chapters. Most of those used um, ID3 chapters, which are the standard uh, chapter way, uh, which are the standard chapters for podcasting. Uh, The podcast namespace. Uh, uh, chapters or Jason chapters, as um, I normally call them, um, were used by about 0.2%. So that's still, you know, uh, um, quite a decent uh, amount. But yeah, it's, um, you know, 1.2% is not particularly high. That's one in 82 new podcast episodes. (laughs) Um, So therefore, I think the concern is if you spend a long time doing your chapters, then you know, arguably, quite a lot of people don 't know how chapters work in their podcast app because so few other podcasts use them. so I think the more podcasters that use chapters, I think the better that would that would end up being. Um, I actually was doing some uh, work uh, the other day with uh, Hindenburg and seeing if I could uh, hack into the Hindenburg uh, files to then work out programmatically where chapters should be. Yes, I can mark where where a chapter should be in uh, Hindenburg, but that's work. Um, and if I've got little music jingles, uh, starting at the beginning of every single section as I do, well, uh, can't I end up pulling out where the chapters are? So I've actually done that work and that was quite easy to end up doing. Um, what I haven't done is I haven't incorporated it yet into the, um, uh, into the magical script that produces a pod news, um, uh, you know, output. But, uh, yeah, you know, I can see there being some benefit in, uh, in adding, uh, chapters into that too.
2: Yeah, I think it's more of a UI problem than it is anything else. I mean, we do this religiously because we, we would like people to be able to, you know, pick and choose the stories they want. Yes, of course, we love them to listen to all of our podcasts. But, you know, sometimes we go a little technical on things and maybe that doesn't appeal to everybody. Um, so we always think chapters work for our listeners. But I'm quite surprised that the number was so low, James. I am really surprised.
0: Yeah, Yeah, no, and I would certainly agree. I I mean, the last time I looked into chapters was before Apple Podcasts had their redesign and chapters were virtually invisible in Apple Podcasts. It was uh, really hard to find them. And they have been, aac only for a long time in apple now it works with uh, mp3 as well but they had been aac only so as a result you know virtually nobody was using them um but i agree i think that they are a useful thing um arguably some people could turn around and say well aren't they a good way to skip the ads and uh, I think there's a bit of truth in that. But I think most of, um, you know, most of it is, is just, you know, it's just really helpful being able to, particularly if you're given a long podcast, as ours is turning into, uh, it's particularly easy then, I think, particularly helpful to be able to link through so that people can skip through to the content that actually interests them.
2: Uh, just a last thought on that. I wonder what the percentage of transcripts attached to podcasts is as well as a as a number would it be equally low oh well, i would have
0: imagined that it will be far far lower given that um, the only method of ad- adding transcripts to podcasts is the podcast namespace and so therefore you're already talking quite a small amount of um, you know amount of take up anyway um but yeah i'm sure that john would do that kind of work if uh, you know if we were to ask him john do that kind of work Uh, Thank you to Kevin Finn from Buzzsprout who sent us some sats. Hooray! 3,920 sats. Um, don't know whether that's a number for anything. I should really, um, you know, look uh, look up the numerology, shouldn't I? Um, but
2: uh, you, You've missed out your calling in life, James, being a bingo uh, caller. Yes, exactly. You need to get the numbers and be a bingo e- caller.
0: Exactly. But I'm grateful to you, Kevin, for A, for your support of uh, this podcast anyway, and B, for the additional sats. That's kind of you. And he gave us a small correction. He says, Buzzcast is not taking a break. That's the podcast from... Buzzsprout. Travis is stepping back and we're starting the search for a new co-host. He also says, I'm not sure what was teased about a big announcement. I'll have to ask around about that. Um, so given given that he's very, very important there, one would assume that the big announcement isn't quite as big as it might be. I did go and um, see if I could find out uh, what they actually said about the big announcement, but uh, that particular mini episode of Buzzcast has now been removed, so I can't even find out what that is. Um, but there I was assuming that, that you know they 'd been bought by you know i don 't know Amazon or somebody, um, but uh, clearly that 's not the big announcement yet, so uh, maybe we, we might find out more um, when we 'll all be together at podcast movement evolutions.
2: Yeah, we can interview him live now um, one of the things that you 've raised over a couple of weeks and I think is a brilliant thought is the fact that we in the podcast industry namespace have been creating two parallel commentary systems. One is using uh, Boostergrams, so attaching a comment with a Satoshi payment, just as you heard from Kevin. And then the other one is the work that we've been doing, or I say we, they have been doing, with um, ActivityPub and creating a co-commenting system that works across multiple clients, such as Castapod and Podfriend. So the thing that you've said is and rightly so is why are we creating two comment systems that aren't compatible in one podcasting network so i think oscar's come up with a, an alternative idea james
0: yes so oscar mary from fountain has come up with an alternative idea instead of cross-app comments using activity pub and everything else just use boosts just use boostograms. Um, That gets rid of a few things. It gets rid of the spam problem because you have to pay in order for you to send a boost anyway, or a boost message anyway. Um, Secondly, it uh, means that uh, you're basically using exactly the same tech that you've already built into your app for supporting Boostergrams you can use for comments as well. Um, And uh, then it's just up to someone to host the comments which appear. And he's hit on a a really uh, simple way of doing that, uh, and that's we would add fountain Um, give them a 1% share of of our boosts um, so that they get to see the boosts on their own systems. And then that then produces a nice JSON feed that we can link to and we can produce um, to look all nice and you know, and and, uh, smart on our website, Um, which is is such a geniusly simple idea. And of course, you can see that there's benefit for Fountain in that they get 1% of all of the shared boosts in there. Um, So uh, to me, that looks really interesting uh, and really sensible. Obviously, um, the last thing that we want is a great big um, uh, uh, war about which commenting system is going to be better. But frankly, I can code a Jason parser tomorrow and put it onto the pod news website and I might you. just end up doing that because that's that's really well you know but that's but that's really easy in comparison to activity pub which is a just um uh, you know my head has exploded so far in trying to understand it and I'm nowhere uh, I'm nowhere nearer trying to understand it whereas this is just a really simple thing of there's some Jason pass it and and shove it up on a website somewhere uh and to me that uh, that looks to be you know uh, awfully sensible so um yeah so that's interesting uh, there will be a link i'm sure in our show notes well. uh, or at podland.news uh, where you can find out uh, a little bit more about that idea but t- to be frank uh, if he's already done the code for pulling in um boostergrams and turning that into a json uh, feed um then i might just add him uh, add him in as a one percent uh and um and then we've got um you know we've got uh, comments certainly for pod news i think that would be a really interesting idea
2: mm. now lava uh, a new app designed to empower and expand the growing community of audio first creators has launched an ios app you can record a convo down with the kids about 30 minutes or a hot take about 30 seconds and you can also add your rss feed there if you've got an app we've added it to our list of podcast directories who's lava have you tried it james
0: uh, i have tried it it's uh, another one of these social media apps um that um i'm afraid for lava will go nowhere it's just an it's just you know it's what audio boo was when it first started um, it's what any number of these other. Um, we're going to let you record a, s- a small amount of of audio and then make that available to other people. Type apps uh, is I can't see any secret source that they've got apart from you know being able to import podcasts into there, but I can't necessarily really see any particular secret source in there. But it's always nice seeing new uh, people jumping into the um, into the audio business. I, I wish them really well, uh, even, even though I'm not being particularly positive about
2: it. Yeah, well, we'll watch this Space Lava and see if, if it evolves. Or should I say erupts. Oh, nice. Now, moving forward. Just JustCast have just tweeted out that they've added support for seasons. So they've added the podcast season, which allows you to pick the season from a list. Again, it's just nice to see... Uh, Podcast apps that are supporting the podcast index namespace um, and just building in new extensions.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's really good to see uh, seasons being used uh, in that way. So, congratulations, uh, Just Cast on there.
2: And now, James, although you've done several through this show, it's your favourite time of the week. It's Booster Ground Corner. And now, as the French say, it is time
3: for Le Boost.
0: Yes, it is. It's Boostergram Corner. And yes, we have done uh, quite a few through this show because it's a really nice way of getting feedback. Uh, If you don't have a boost button in your podcast app, then you're doing it wrong. And you should go and get a better app at newpodcastapps.com. Like user175410165509128 has done. Brilliant, uh, brilliant name. Uh, They've given us 1,000 sats. Thank you very much, using Fountain. And uh, he said, thanks for all that you do from the Recovered podcast. Ah, thank you, Recovered podcast. That's very kind of you. Um, thank you for the sats. That's good. Um, also, we've got 100 sats uh, from somebody who has a username, which I'm suspecting is something to do with Lightning Store or something, LTNG Store. Uh, thank you for the 100 sats, which I think is our lowest boost, but nevertheless, we like you just as much. Um, And Dave Jones has also, uh, he's been
2: berating you again. (laughs) I knew, I knew it was coming. Okay, so, whoa, Sam still doesn't have his node set up yet. I know James can run a lightning node in a bag hanging from the window frame, so you've got no excuses. I have no excuses, Dave, uh, other than trying to run... Two separate companies, but no excuses. Just, at just all. plug the thing in, um, mate. But plug, I, plug the thing in. Connect it to the I Wi-Fi. Know this weekend, <laughs> I I will report back before next week that it's live and kicking. Otherwise, I won't be here. Otherwise, Dave will be your co-host. I suspect. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, now that would be fun, wouldn't it? <laughs> uh, thank you, Dave, for that. Uh, much appreciated. And uh, you know, genuinely, it's great to get uh, feedback. Um, so uh, please do uh, send us your feedback either through uh, Twitter um, or through the Boostergram um, function in your podcast app. New podcast apps is the place to go. Hey, I'm looking forward not just to going to Podcast Movement Evolutions in a couple of weeks, um, and my goodness, I've had to. I've done. All of the paperwork so far in terms of getting into the US. I've got my Esther sorted out. I've got my, um, I've paid for my COVID test, um, so I've got that. I've got my insurance, which I need as well. I've got my international COVID-19 vaccination certificate. I've got everything all sorted out, so hugely looking forward to that. But also, um, I'm off to uh, Sweden as well, because they have announced something, haven't they, Sam? Yeah,
2: Radiate Days Europe in Sweden, Malmö has announced a podcast summit as a pre-conference event. You're going to be speaking there, James. You're moderating even. What are you doing? Come on, i it- I'm, I'm moderating the
0: entire afternoon, uh, looking forward to it immensely. No speakers have been announced for this. I've not been announced as a moderator, but uh, I'm outing myself um, because why not? Um, and I will also out the fact that Rob Greenlee from Libsyn is going to be one of those speakers. It'll be wonderful seeing him in Europe. Um, and uh, great that he is going to be coming over. He's going to be talking about monetisation um, alongside uh, someone from ACAST who is also uh, talking about monetization and podcast creative as well. Uh, so massively looking forward to that. It's a pre-conference event for the main Radio Days Europe conference which is one of the expensive but very worthwhile industry conferences to end up going to. Um, but uh,
2: very much looking forward to uh, taking part in that. If you need any more- or events uh there you can find them on pod.events on james's site indeed
0: yeah absolutely right so uh, how's this week been for you sam um it's been
2: okay james i have to say oh oh really that bad no it's just ofcom we'll get there they're just a, a government bureau and uh frustrating me but you know we'll get there we'll get there
0: have you not got your dsps license then
2: sensitive point james all i'll say but the good oh. news is we are going to be doing 10 outdoor rock festivals this summer so we've just confirmed that we are river radio will be there so i'd be rubbing shoulders with tony hadley and god knows who else yes rock festival tony hadley <laughs> it's, sorry it's the 80s rewind and and so it's there's the whole bunch of 80s festivals that go on around here and uh of course, River Radius target audience is that jet age group. So, yeah, we're not going to hang with the 18 year olds or 16 year olds, but we're going to hang out with the 40 year olds. It's rock and roll, James. It's rock and roll.
0: Very nice. Uh, somebody emailed me uh, the other day and said, uh, I love Podland, but uh, keep it to an hour or less. And I think we're going to keep it to an hour <laughs> or less uh, this week, which is nice. Uh, this week has been fun for me. I ended up doing a recording for a podcast which will come out in a couple of months. So, um, I won't Talk about it too much, but it was all around role models. And uh, the uh, Alex, the guy who was uh, interviewing me, was really keen to talk about. two different role models and it was surprisingly difficult to sit and go okay I need a role model from school or from when I was a kid and then I need a role model from you know after I've grown up and stuff who do I have in there who do I you know what stories can I tell about these particular people and all of that that was quite a um, that was quite a a challenge (laughs) but but good fun to end up doing Uh, so I enjoyed uh, doing that and I enjoyed um, on the Pod News podcast which is very good comes out every day uh, i enjoyed the other day um, being uh, a bit of a dj with the amazon amp music um and uh talking talking in the gaps in between some of the vocals uh, on there and that was great fun so i rather enjoyed doing that um the music for that i believe is going to be um i believe i'm getting some new music for that in the next uh, couple of weeks so looking forward to giving the pod news podcast a little bit of a refresh
2: should be fun and uh, that's it for this week if you enjoyed this show or any of our previous shows please tell your friends on twitter or linkedin about us Uh, you can also find us on at podland news across those social networks or just retweet any one of our episode posts and you'll find all our previous shows at www.podland.news. Uh, are we on uh, TikTok yet, Sam? Uh, it'll be the same time as we get. On, I get on to uh, yeah, running my node. So let's see. <laughs>
0: well, let's see. Uh, if you want daily news, you should get Pod News. The newsletter is free at podnews.net. The podcast can be found in your podcast app. All the stories we've talked about in Podland today are in the show
2: notes, and we use chapters and transcripts too. Our music is from Ignite Jingles, and we're hosted and sponsored by our good friends at Buzzsprout. Keep listening.